Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today uh, is going to be one of the most important um, shows that I have done, not only because of uh, my guest, but because of what is going on in America, the craziness that is going on, and uh, that has surpassed (laughs) all the past craziness that we have had. So today's show is called, Does President Trump Have an Ace Up His Sleeve? Uh, The clock is ticking. We have been hearing all kinds of words in the media, online, um, just all around us, driving, you know, making our heads spin, like election, insurrection, sedition, impeachment, treason, all of these words. Um, And at the same time, half of America is still hoping that President Trump does have an ace up his sleeve. And I must say, I am one of them. He has managed to pull out aces over the last four years when uh, a lot of people would have counted him out. And so perhaps he has another one, just one more we need. Um, Now we have uh, more people, really kind of shocking, we've seen in the last week or so, um, people who we thought were his allies, like Vice President Pence and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, have, um, I don't know what, what has happened to them, but it's like the Shakespeare play Julius Caesar, where Julius Caesar says when he sees Brutus also is in line to stab him, a two Brute. And of course, Nancy Pelosi, um, who must have the goods on a lot of people in Congress. I cannot believe that this woman who, <laughs> who really is, has begun to show um, signs not unlike uh, <laughs> Biden. Um, but anyhow, she uh, continues to reign over Congress and or at least over certain people in Congress. And she has um, just been reelected and she is uh, continuing to try to exert more power. And so she must know where a lot of bones are buried or else she would have been out of there years ago. So where does President Trump go from here? Will he be impeached? Will he be found unfit via the 25th Amendment? And of course, uh, and I have volunteered, by the way, to testify on behalf of him to show as a psychiatrist, as a forensic psychiatrist, that he is not unfit in any kind of psychiatric way. Or will he overturn the election by finally invoking the order on foreign interference in elections that he created uh, or in 2018? This is not just, uh, you know, just yesterday because of what happened with the election. So my guest is the perfect pa- person to answer all of these questions. His name is Brad Johnson. He's a former CIA officer and the founder and president of Americans for Intelligence Reform. He is a voice of reason in these crazy times. So welcome to the show, Brad. 
Thank you so very much. It's great to be with you. Now, I know you've been uh, active while all of this has been going on, and why don't you just um, give us, before we sort of get into details, why don't you just give us kind of a a general impression uh, that you have of everything as of today? Well, uh, unfortunately, as you know, I'm I'm like you in the sense that I still hold out a, a, a level of hope that somehow President Trump can turn this around, but... Um, it's just that every second that goes by of, of every day uh, reduces the odds of anything like that happening, I believe. Um, there's certainly information out there. There's a lot of evidence and, and uh, some very strong uh, conclusive evidence proof that uh, in, in the elections there were some, some shenanigans going on, that, that it was not an honest election. And if taken as a whole, some of these things would almost certainly turn around a couple of these states. But uh, overall, I would say, you know, the, the real problem that President Trump has, much like in the example that you were talking about with Julius Caesar and back in ancient Roman days, is pretty much everybody is, is turned against him and is stabbing him in the back. And, you know, of course, mainstream media has long hated Trump, you know, well before he even became president. The Democrats have always derided, you know, him as an individual and, the uh, Republican Party, unfortunately, the the blue blood uh, rhino, the you know the the, the uh, uh, Bush uh, faction of the Republican Party, all greatly dislike him, and and unfortunately, many of those people are the ones that that he has surrounded himself in his uh, in his administration. So, I think his greatest single problem is that he's. Uh, kind of been left on his his own. His, he has many supporters among the public, but he doesn't have many supporters in government, and so it makes it difficult for him to just get anything done. And you know, I can certainly give you example after example. But uh, he gave orders for certain documents to be declassified because it it shows the the scam that was run against him in the Mueller investigation and the FISA warrant and some other things like that. And according to the Federalists, they've written about this extensively. It's being blocked personally by the the current CIA director, Gina Haspel. So uh, it, it's just one of those things where he doesn't have enough help around him to get him through this. So I think it makes it untenable for the president, no matter what the evidence is. And we've seen a very important aspect of this is his activism. I mean, we've talked about activist judges, but... Almost nobody mentions, you know, activist intelligence officers and activist uh, Department of Justice prosecutors and activist law enforcement at the FBI. But at senior leadership levels, that's who's there. They're all activists. And that that definition of what what that is is so very important under today's circumstances. It's just so clear as to the problems it creates. And that is an activist judge or law enforcement or or prosecutor uh, or intelligence officer. An activist is someone who puts his personal or hers personal political beliefs first, and the laws and the Constitution are second or third. And so that's what we see, these cases that President Trump has brought, for example, his lawyer Giuliani uh, has brought a number of cases. For example, they took a list of, of the people who had deceased in these, some of these counties, compared them against the voting rolls, and I think in one case found 17,000 dead people who voted. 
Well, that's a problem, and that's a significant mm-hmm. number, and that starts to turn around that county on the votes. And it's 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 uh, not being heard in court. He can't get that in front of a judge. They all refuse to let that be a case. They just get thrown out summarily without even being looked at based on the merit. And that was what what uh, the last ditch effort was. What people were hoping Vice President Pence would do, and that would have forced the government to take a look at all of the evidence. That's all. Just give it its day in court. It didn't do. It didn't make a decision. What it allowed was for, for, for President Trump to have his day in court, lay out all the proof of everything that he had, all the evidence that he had at a court standard where it had to meet all of the, the demands of a court for evidence and for proof and, and, and meet all those legal requirements to be used. And that's been denied to President Trump all along. And, and that's by the activists that we see at Department of Justice, the FBI, uh, in the intelligence world and with the judges, even the Supreme Court. They threw out the, the case raised by Texas with uh, 19 states signing on. And the Supreme Court is you know, widely, uh, it's widely agreed that the Supreme Court is obligated to look at cases where states sue states. And yet they threw it out of court saying they had no standing, which means we're not looking at your case. We're not even considering it. And that ultimately is the real problem of President Trump, I believe, that he, I think he would look back at the beginning of his, his administration and, and uh, do a lot of stuff differently and start surrounding himself with the people out in the United States who have the right experience but are patriots. And instead, I think what he tried to do mm-hmm. is make peace with uh, the, the, the rhino faction, if I can just call it that in a general term, the rhino faction of the Republican Party when he surrounded himself with Reince Priebus, for example, and um, and uh, brought in other people from the Bush administration, including um, the Attorney General Barr, who, who came out of the Bush administration. And he, he surrounded himself with those people, hoping to make peace with all of them and, and that they would come around to, hit, to see that he was trying to do the best thing he could for the United States of America. But that's not how politics works. That's how business works, maybe, but that's not how politics in D.C. work. Well, because these people are, are because they're looking out for their own power and or because they are making money behind the scenes from places like China? Yes and yes. I mean, all of those things, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, like, both Mike Pence and Mike Pump, or I'm sorry, uh, Vice President Pence and Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, uh, have both, in many ways, you know, Pence probably more, but both both have turned on President Trump to one degree or another. And, and one of the main reasons they do it is because they're both ambitious. They both are clearly lining up to run for president in 2024, and have, have always basically, you know, been been working towards that goal. And so for them. To, I, from their perspective, they do not want to fall on their sword um, in order to protect Trump and help Trump, because they know that that, or they believe at least, that that would destroy their chances to become president in 2024. I mean, that's why they're doing it, and that's that uh, that personal ambition to become president. And you know, it's the problem with who's in D.C. I'll even say, I mean. Even in, in the conservative world, the activists that are out there, I'm, I'm very near Washington, D.C. here. I'm in Virginia, but I go to the meetings and I'm in the circles and those things. And, and I would say 90% of the people in, in the kind of activist conservative world 
uh, they also have their own, um, you know, their their own things they want to achieve and goals that they have that in many cases are personal. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's influence. You know, you you, you never know. It's usually power and money. It, uh, I, I joke, I say it's, it's almost always power and money behind it. So if you follow the power stream and fa- follow the money, that's it. Although every once in a while it's sex, but usually it's power and money. And uh, it, I think that, that humans are humans, and you see that there. The number of people that are actually patriots that don't have a particular agenda other than to try and support President Trump because President Trump has been a good president for the U.S., uh, that's a very small cadre of people. But a very important country Mm -hmm. of people, uh, which I consider myself, and we're very active in this area, and we're still fighting to help Trump. I don't know that we can win, but that's no reason not to fight. Well, you know, um, I mean, it has boggled my mind as one court after another has refused to, to, especially the Supreme Court, and especially the three judges that Trump picked and went through hell to get on the Supreme Court, how they could not um, vote to hear the Texas case or, or you know, to, to do something. Uh, and these lower courts also, like one after the other after the other, and even with, well, uh, even with Republican uh, judges and so on, it, it just, I mean, it's like, it's like a concerted effort <laughs> to block Trump. It is, and I agree that that's exactly what it is, it, and it's a combination of factors. It is the Washington, D.C. elites that we should all distrust and, frankly, dislike because they're selfish, self-serving, no goodniks. And uh, that, is a, that is a huge faction here that encompasses both parties to a large degree. And also we have, of course, the Democratic Party that philosophically now there, uh, people call them, you know, liberals and progressives and socialists and communists, but that's all one thing. And I don't care which of those terms you want to use, but there's no difference between a progressive and a liberal and a communist and a socialist. That's, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some little piece mm-hmm. of philosophy here or there, but that's how they are. And they hate a guy like Trump that's business and they want control over, yes. over the economy of the United States. So they hate him. And there's personal things. I mean, the Bush family... Their mother passed away following the elect, following the the primary where where Trump won, and Jeb Bush was essentially crushed early on. And Jeb Bush was so heavily criticized by President Trump and called names and things like that that it really made their mother angry, and she passed away shortly after that. Well, I mean, she was a woman in her nineties, and I'll have to say, I think it's very unreasonable that they do that, but they. They publicly, you know, blame Trump for her death because of the way he treated uh, Jeb Bush. Mm, but mm. she'd she'd had a son be president of the United States that was, you know, just broiled by the media. You know, daily they hated him, called him stupid, and every name in the book. Mm-hmm. And her husband had also been president, and he was heavily criticized by the press. So I find it personally very unlikely that she would have been any more upset by what President Trump during, you know, during the, uh-huh. uh, before he became president, uh, called Jeb Bush compared to how her uh-huh. other son and her husband. So I just find it unlikely, but that's right. People take things personally. Well, this is just like what's happening now where they are using the storming of the Capitol, you know, blaming that on Trump 
and using it as an excuse to go full force against Trump when, as I know you know, and, and for my listeners, um, uh, you need to look up, or perhaps I can read it later, but if not, you, can, you need to look up what he, I watched from morning, early in the morning to late at night. I watched the whole day, the whole, I watched his speech, I watched everything unfold. And um, that he did not say, there was not one word about commit violence, destroy property, steal things. He did not say that. He said to go peacefully. And he mainly wanted to have a presence. He wanted the people in Congress to see how many thousands of people believed that the election was a fraud, was stolen, and as it indeed was. But, and, and I want to get to that, some of the things like the Italian thing and so on, um, and the various issues with that. But I, I want to just say what, what I'm really, <laughs> you know, I can remember during all this, I mean, it's hard to sleep when it feels like our country is just, just sinking in, in quicksand. Um, and I keep thinking of this image from when I was, I don't know, 12 years old or something, and a Girl Scout after I had been a Browning, right? And we were at this big um, ceremony in Queens and with the American flag and the flag bearers, and, you know, it was all very um, patriotic and passionate and all that. And I remember the feeling that I had, and certainly many times over, uh, feeling so patriotic and feeling, you know, and loving my country and wanting to do things for my country and so on. And, which is part of why I became the terrorist therapist after 9-11, but that's a whole other tangent. Um, but anyhow, and I never would have expected, and I'm sure the majority of the people in the United States, other than those who were just born perhaps in the last 20 years, um, the majority, even some of them, the majority of the people who learned real history in school, not what's going on now, um, wouldn't have believed in a million years that some of the things that are happening now are happening, like the censoring, the the censoring of Trump in the in the mainstream media, the censoring by the tech companies, um, the the his being uh, impeached or you know they're presenting um, presenting impeachment uh, articles now, the trying to invoke the twenty fifth amendment. Uh, no court seeing the evidence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, this is just not something we could have ever even imagined. And, and with this underlying, what, let me just, what I'm most concerned about is that people don't get the big picture, that this is all about the, um, the left, the communist, like you were just saying, the, all of these things are together, the progressives, the socialists, the communists, America, there are people but in the government who are trying to turn America into a communist country. And this is all part of it. So whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump, that really pales in comparison to the overall um, trajectory of where some of the people in Washington want this country to go, which is towards socialism and communism. Well, I, we just, I just heard the um, signal that we need to take a break. But when we come back, we will be back... Uh, talking with my guest, Brad Johnson, the former CIA officer and founder and president of Americans for Intelligence Reform, uh, which can't come soon enough. So thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the next segment.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Don't write yourself and welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today about does President Trump have an ace up his sleeve? My guest today is Brad Johnson. He is also a columnist at Epic Times, and he provides interviews for OANN and um, other media outlets. He retired um, from the CIA as a senior operations officer and chief of station, and he served in support of the war on terrorism. And he's also a certified senior expert in counterintelligence and in surveillance issues. So all of these things are particularly relevant to what we are talking about today. So I know I kind of went on, but, um, but I am very concerned about this and, and helping people to get the big picture, that this isn't something which, that people just woke up and after January 6th, you know, all the people who hated Trump said, oh, let's get Trump, and, and all these things have fallen into place. It was obviously way before then, and people need to understand that there is this big, this much bigger uh, thing afoot in terms of turning the U.S. into a socialist or communist country. So go ahead. By just um, why don't you just give, give us your opinion on on what I was saying? Sure. There was um, a couple of things in particular, and, and one about the the turning uh, to the extreme left with a communist socialist type state here in the United States. You can you can see how it's headed that direction. What does that mean? I mean, it means a one party state. That's what those totalitarian leftist governments are. It only allows one party to run and control everything. At times, they permit other small parties to hold a few seats, and they're, you know, they're called the loyal opposition. Loyal opposition meaning they're still loyal to the same communist party, but they're in opposition. So 
Uh, I, that's that's what the Democrats are lining up for, and I think you know I think it's difficult really for any rational person to look at the voting results and see how there was these huge jumps just all of a sudden from nowhere uh, in favor of the Democrats, Joe Biden during the general election and most recently in Georgia for the two Senate races where there's just suddenly this big vertical jump. And, you know, statistically and the way things work, that just isn't possible. So uh, I, I just don't see how any rational person who, you know, takes any sort of honest look at the data cannot conclude something's wrong with the election. Uh, so it, it, it's one of those things that you just have to conclude that the election was manipulated, and if it was manipulated, then it was stolen. And I have to say, human nature is what it is, and being a, uh, you know, the, the, a part of the espionage arm of the CIA, the operations officer, you, know, you would always look at human nature and, and, uh, and need to try to calculate that into the people you were dealing with, and you had to be able to judge those things well something that you as a doctor would be extraordinarily familiar with. And I'll just have to say, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, that human nature is not going to allow Democrats, once they've tasted this power to control who wins elections, once they've tasted that, have had it in their hands, they will never, ever let it go. They're going to use it time after time after time, which I believe we saw in Georgia, and they're never going to stop. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, that's it. It's not just about Trump. It's about elections going from from now on. I mean, and so why, it's so frustrating. Why don't people, well, I mean, we know why people don't realize that, um, because uh, the mainstream media tells them otherwise. Absolutely correct. And now we're starting to see them chipping away. Just today, it came out that uh, uh, online sales are going to, I don't think it's nationwide, but a lot of the major, uh, uh, you know, players, Amazon, Google, are not going to allow things that display the American flag to be sold. Imagine that, you know, they're they're going to suppress sales of anything that has the U.S. flag on it. I, you oh, know, that wow. should be illegal. Yeah. I mean, that those are the people that that need to be politically just absolutely destroyed because they're clearly anti-American. And one of the other things you mentioned, too, is Trump absolutely, and, and I've listened to the speech a number of times of where President Trump told the demonstrators to go peacefully down to the Capitol and cheer for those people that were supporting him and, you know, try to put you know, pressure on everybody, public demonstration pressure, which is what demonstrations do. That's why everyone has had them since the beginning of time, I suppose. But certainly here in the United States in modern history, that's why people do them, is to bring uh, public pressure to bear on politicians. And that's what he asked them to do. And I think in large part, it was, you know, as the Democrats like to say, it was, it was a mostly peaceful demonstration. And there were many thousands of people and only a few ended up inside. And of those, I mean, there's a lot of information out there. Some of them were Antifa that were doing the most damage. And there was a couple points there where some of the, Trump supporters were saying, you know, these guys doing that stuff, that's not part of us. That's Antifa. That, you know, that's a different group. They're not with us. And um, so the, the basis of what now people are talking about for impeachment, saying that the basically that the president tried to overthrow the government by, you know, sending all these demonstrators down there to attack and all of that is complete and utter nonsense. It has nonsense. It has no basis in fact, nor does the impeachment have any basis in law. 
today, uh, uh, Dershowitz came out for the, the lawyer, uh, who is a uh, uh, constitutional uh, expert, came out and I think he's been hired by the president. I'm not sure of that part, but he spoke very eloquently and, and very clearly on this exact subject and said there's zero basis in law for the uh, House to try and impeach President Trump. There's nothing he said there that incited violence. And in fact, he implored the, the, the people to be peaceful. And so there's mm-hmm. no basis for it. So again, it's the same thing. It's just one of those indicators, like you've said, they, you know, the, the Democrats in particular uh, all thought that Hillary Clinton should have won, but Hillary Clinton was not a good candidate. Nobody likes her. She's kind of a nasty piece of work from what everybody says. Even <laughs> Democrats don't particularly like her, even if they like her politics. So they had a very poor candidate who just got beat. And that's something that's driven them you know, absolutely nuts. But they thought she was going to win and deserved to win and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they have not, not slowed down trying to ap- attack President Trump. They were going to impeach him on that Ukraine phone call, uh, you know, the, certainly the Mueller investigation. You know, now this thing with that demonstration where a small number of people got out of control or to some degree got out of control. There's also videos of the uh, Capitol Police letting those people just walk in. You can see the police standing against the wall, yes. just watching the guys walk yes. in and you they know, just waltz past them. I think that is so so interesting because um, what do you make of that? I mean, to me, um, the, the police and the, even some of the National Guard, and they know that Trump is on their side. So they wanted to help the people who were coming in. Yeah, and there were right? some photographs. These guys are getting in trouble now, but there were some photographs there of the Capitol Police taking selfies with demonstrators in there. The, the yeah. one thing that's very yeah. interesting, and there's many rumors to this effect, is that there was a small group of people that actually had a very uh, specific plan and that they went in and they yes. took Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Now, that, if true, is very interesting. Uh, that would have been, and the rumors are, I, you know, I don't know this personally, I don't know the people that did it, don't know if this is true or not, but I find it very interesting and in what people are saying is that that group was somebody who were, People had specific experience in this thing, these type of operations, and had specific experience in exploiting computers. And that they went in with a with an absolute plan to grab that computer, knew where to find it, and got it out, and are exploiting it now. Now, if if in the scheme of things, there were anything in there that could be useful uh, to save Trump in some way, to show some of the shenanigans that. Nancy Pelosi has been up to, especially if it was illegal, uh, that would be something that would be of major importance. Now, I also say, I mean, one of the things that kind of makes me think there's a good possibility or a possibility this is all true is Nancy Pelosi's reactions to all of this, because she's just coming unglued and this stuff is kind of irrational where she wants to impeach Trump again. So for me, it's like she's desperately you know, throwing mud in every yes. direction to kind of dissimilate what's going on. So I actually believe that there's a chance that is true. And there are some other things. There's a lot of information coming out right now, again, off of the Hunter Biden laptop. The photographs are starting to resurface. Uh, the emails are all resurfacing again. And some of these have been looked at, and there's, there's some 
some pretty good analysis on it. And some of these photographs uh, I've seen uh, are pretty suggestive. It looks like, you know, him with underage girls in a, in a sexual relationship of some sort. That's, that's what it looks like. But, uh, you know, all that but, remains but to be seen if it's true. Out, but the, those things but are starting to come out and they look awfully out. bad. Sorry? Okay. But, but what is taking people so long? Why? I mean, you know, Hunter Biden's computer was, was brought to Giuliani, I don't know, months ago now. And the Post put um, stories about it and, that, you know, and, and um, the, the tech companies wouldn't let it dissimulate over the Internet and so on. But, but we've had these for a while. Nancy Pelosi's computer is another story. But time is ticking, and I'm just worrying about how... You know, how, um, like, I don't know, something has to happen before January 20th. Is that not true? Before the inauguration? Well, yes. I mean, if it's to save the Trump presidency specifically, yeah, it would absolutely have to occur before then. Once once Biden is sworn in, uh, the only way to get rid of him, well, I mean, they might use the 25th Amendment and call him senile and, kick, you know, take him out that way, or he might resign based for health reasons, based on health reasons, but... Either way, Kamala Harris would then become president. The only way to get them both out would be to impeach based on fraudulent election. That would do it, uh, but that's going to be an awfully uh-huh. tough thing to do with them in control of the House and the Senate. So I think two years from now is the first opportunity for that, realistically, and that's only if the Republicans can regain control of the of the House and the Senate. Well, let's... Um, w- one thing I want to talk, uh, talk about... For sure. The one thing I've been kind of holding on to until just now, you know, uh, and I was just reading that earlier today about Nancy Pelosi's computer. So that and the the um, Italy, I, I've done a number of tweets about Italy did it. <laughs> in fact, I mentioned you in one of those tweets. Um, that, that tell us about this whole uh, amazing thing that has, you know, everything is coming out at the last minute, right? But tell us about that. Yes, I've done a series of, of interviews on um, on the Italian thing. The the basic uh, scenario is this: that the voting machines were all hooked up to the internet. Which, by the way, the people from the company that produced and supplied the voting machines testified to Congress that those machines were indeed hooked up to the internet. So it's confirmed by them that that that's true. So these machines were hooked up to the internet. When they saw that evening of the election that Trump was clearly winning and winning in enormous numbers, because if you look at the numbers that Trump did, they were way above what he did in 2016. And I don't think anyone anticipated that. So the algorithms that were set up to manipulate the election weren't working because they were overwhelmed by the large numbers that Trump was running. So that's why those five or six critical states all more or less simultaneously shut down uh, the counting and, and basically shut down the election at that point. And it was so they could recalibrate. So those, all the voting data that then was sent via Internet to those famous servers in Germany and then over to Rome. And at the embassy in Rome, uh, the U.S. Embassy in Rome, that's where they had a, you know, a control center set up to handle all of this. Some data scientists come in. Apparently, there's some photographs floating around of, of, of them, and it's apparently MI6 data scientists on loan to the CIA 
that's the information that's available on it, and that they were the ones in the embassy in Rome uh, actually manipulating the data to recreate algorithms and 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 calculate how many you know how many Biden votes had to be manufactured to make it all work. Then that data was encrypted, sent back up through a satellite belonging to a large military contracting company owned uh, in part by the Italian government called Leonardo. That then over that satellite was back down the same method. When that change in data hit back in the United States on those voting machines, that's where you see that vertical line that goes straight up with almost 100% Biden votes only. Then the algorithms were reset and, 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 uh, and they went ahead and went forward and it just kept Biden ahead at a steady rate from there on out. Now, people have talked about the paper ballots and things, but, uh, in all of those cases, I believe, with no exception, one of the things that was done early on that they weren't supposed to do is they separated the ballots from the envelopes. The envelopes are what had the signature of the voter on them and the proof that it was an mm-hmm. actual voter who cast that ballot. Those were all thrown away, and all they did was keep the paper ballot. Then so once these, once these numbers had been... Um, messed with and adjusted to give Biden the, the edge. Um, we, we see videos of, this is another thing that came out that Giuliani put out, was there was that video of that big trunk being pulled out with, with you know, thousands of ballots that were, never, didn't come in an envelope. They were just ballots that were all stacked up there that were, of course, all for Biden. So, I mean, it's, it's, to me, in my mind, it seems fairly clear that this is how this was done. Now, there's supposed to be quite a little bit of proof of this in Italy. We've had lawyers come out and testify. A judge came out and testified. We've had somebody from Leonardo confess publicly that he, he helped manipulate these numbers. So there's a, a growing body of evidence out there that this is all true. And now uh, the liberals in, in the mainstream media and in the uh, social media are now pushing back very hard on that. And they're saying it's all been debunked. But, you know, two points on that. First of all, they don't, they don't have anything that, that proves in, to any degree that this scenario that I've laid out is false. They're just saying it's false. They don't have any evidence or proof to show that it's false. But I would also say, well, how can you actually say that it's a lie, like what I'm presenting here, the scenario I'm presenting, how can you say that's a lie when it's never been been to court? Fine, let's take it to court. Let's let all of the evidence yes. stack up against each other in a court of law where there's rules and regulations as to how evidence is presented, what yes. counts as evidence, what doesn't, and let's have, let's have our day in court, and then we'll see yes. if... If it's proven wrong, yes. then you can say it's a lie. But now, for example, all my, uh, what they can on social media, like YouTube has taken down all my videos on that subject, and some of those were just doing hundreds of thousands of views all over the world, and now that's all yes. being attacked. Yes. Now, I've got alternate systems on yes. my website, which is intelreform.org, by the way. Uh, that video is still up. So all of the information is still available, but we're under assault for all of that uh, yes. by mainstream media and by social media. Yes. Uh, um, we, we need to take a break now, but yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> My guest is Brad <laughs> Johnson, and yes, his uh, um, 
his uh, the website is Intel. I'm sorry, say that again. Intelreform.org. Yes, yes, yes. Intel. I have it now. Um, and I'll give it to you at the end of the show again, folks. So um, we need to take a break. When we come back, just listen. You are not going to hear this stuff on the mainstream media. So please listen carefully. Uh, we'll be right back with Dr. Carol's Couch. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today about does President Trump have an ace up his sleeve, and I certainly hope he does. Um, we're talking about some of the possible, you know, it seems overwhelming, this concerted effort that, um, as we've said, did not just start on January 6th after the uh, Capitol was stormed, which they are uh, erroneously trying to blame on Trump, but it started years and years and years ago, and now it's like uh, somebody lit, a, lit the fire, lit the tinder, and it's all coming out against Trump. Now, what about, let's talk about the 2018 um, evidence of voter fraud uh, order, foreign interference with, vote, with voting. Um, what, is that the ace up the sleeve? Is he going to be able to, why, what's he waiting for? Well, this is one of the reasons why, I, I mean, I have a, a kind of a series of small things that lead me to conclude that President Trump won't try to invoke any of those things, but certainly... The voter interference, it was an, uh, an executive order that he signed in 2018, uh, and there are previous laws that tie into that. 
I, if he invoked those sorts of things, it would depend on, you know, precisely how he did it, but it would be sort of a, a circumstance where you would essentially have martial law of one sort of another, because he'd be invalidating through that the entire election and then would have to, you know, have another vote or do something. And um, as I said earlier, I think the problem with that entire scenario is that that is not something that I think President Trump has the power to make happen anymore because so many people aren't supporting him within his own administration. And many of the people have resigned and left. The, uh, uh, Chad Wolf, who was the head of DHS, uh, resigned, I believe, today. And we've seen uh, the attorney general resign at Christmas. And I think in many of those cases, that is not an accident. I think they're doing it on purpose to some degree to mm-hmm. get out, keep themselves clean, and leave Trump in a kind of a lame duck position where he doesn't have anyone really around him that that maintains that authority that can that that could actually do okay. any of these things. Okay, Go ahead. but the director of national intelligence, Ratcliffe, has said that he believes that there was interference. Um, from China, Iran, and Russia in this past election. And, um, I mean, he said that a while ago, in December at least, if not before. And, uh, and he, presumably Trump knows about the man in Italy. The man, I want to make this part clear, um, part of this is that the man who actually uh, pulled the trigger, so to speak, who um, who was the one who was directed to do something? He was a senior IT person, and he did the. Uh, he literally pushed the whatever. I'm not a tech person, but he literally clicked on something or whatever it is. However, he had to do it um, from orders from above to indeed um, make to do the changes that you just talked about to uh, through the internet connections and so on, and. Um, and so Trump hopefully knows about that. And so between that and Ratcliffe saying that there was this interference, why can't Trump just invoke um, this this um, foreign interference um, executive order? Well, uh, I, I don't believe that he has the wherewithal to enforce it, is what I was trying to say. Who would he call upon that would, if, if everyone just, didn't pay attention to him saying that, what would he do? You know, where would the, where would the enforcement what? power come from? And I don't think he has any of that to, to work with anymore. Well, the courts are not going to support him. Um, Congress is not going to support him. You know, DHS is not going to support him. I mean, who does he have that would actually support that? But does he have to have, I mean, First of all, can he just appoint new people in the key one or two or three positions that would have to enact that? Or couldn't he call, um, you know, call up the National Guard himself? Or uh, I don't know all the mechanisms, but it would seem that if there is this executive order that that he could put some people, <laughs> he could find three people who would be loyal to him um, to be in those positions. Well, I think it's now it's, it's a question of time. I, I just don't think there'd be time to get all of that done. Uh, I mean, we're, we've only got a few days before the 20th at this point. And I, I will say there's another thing that leads me to conclude that the president has never wanted to do that. And uh, one of the reasons I say that is, is based on 
uh, General Flynn. Uh, General Flynn uh, was meeting with the president regularly up until about maybe 10 days ago, uh, and he was one of the individuals pushing very hard uh, for, for Trump to take an action of that sort and to call martial, to declare martial law. That was specifically what General yeah. Flynn was publicly pushing for, was martial law. And, yeah. and, and as a result, about a week ago, uh, that kind of exploded in arguments at the White House, and General Flynn hasn't been invited back since. So I, I think that he, him pushing that argument so hard with President Trump finally pissed them off a little bit, and he just said, okay, enough, get out. And so I take that personally. Now, it's not necessarily proof, but I take that as a strong indicator that it's just a consideration that President Trump is just not going to, to do. He just it does not want to uh, take any sort of martial law act or invoking the executive order on foreign interference or things like that. And, and the reason I believe he doesn't want to consider it is because, as I said, I just don't think he has – he does not have the support of his own party. He doesn't have the support of, of many of the agencies in his administration. And he's got absolute enemies to the death with mainstream media, social, social media, the Democratic Party. You know, the only real well, constituency he has are the are we the people, the voters. And and, you know, what are we going to do? Storm, storm the Capitol building? I mean, it's what are our options? Well, you know, that I mean, you know that there are they are expecting people to storm all the capitals in all 50 states. Um, between now and the inauguration. But I just, Trump doesn't surrender. And he said he was never going to concede, and he hasn't literally conceded. And I just think, I mean, maybe like Nancy Pelosi was desperate and she's doing what she's doing. Um, I would think that maybe General Flynn's ideas will seem more attractive as um, Trump is running out of other ideas. Well, um, my understanding is that uh, what... what uh, Trump is doing and planning to do is uh, go into the media business um, after yes. leaving office in January. And there's maneuvering going on behind the scenes by people uh, who have come out of media but were involved in his campaign and things like that that are, are planning to launch into that new media empire with Trump. Yes, Again, you know, these yes, I... I... I mean, I've ahead, heard I'm of sorry. that, too, but that is kind of, well, I've heard of that, too. Um, I already sent my resume. <laughs> <laughs> You're not laughing. Okay. <laughs> no, I did. I'm, I'm kidding I know. about I'm, sending my resume. I'm sure, I'm sure they need people that, you know, have, are out in that market <laughs> doing that type of work if he does but, it. So uh, thing, you, you get a good job is, and give me a call. <laughs> okay, but that but that is a big, as much as I would like that, that is a big risk, you know, for, to wait four years um, to run again. I mean, not that he wouldn't necessarily be elected, and of course that, that's why Nancy Pelosi wants him impeached, so that he wouldn't be able to uh, be elected or be accused of sedition and be in jail for 20 years. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of, and besides, I, I think he loves America too much to let America suffer for four years. Well, I, I hope there is some way that Trump can legally remain in office as our president. No one would be happier than me. I would be absolutely delighted. I, I, I don't know what that would be. I don't see it 
as a as a realistic possibility. But I pray you're right. I pray that that's how it works out. I really hope that that there is some mechanism or some or some evidence or proof that comes out that is enough to let Trump do something. And I mean, there's also rumors coming out that there's a lot of information pending on those voting machines with very detailed proof and evidence of how they were uh, how they were manipulated and used. And uh, even if that is true, and even if all that comes out in the next two or three days, my question is: Is it enough? I mean, is you know they've already turned down every court case that that Trump has tried to 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 make. So would would that be enough? I mean it. It, it has to go before a court someplace so that it could be a legally binding thing. You know, and I, I just don't know where that would be. I don't know who would consider his cases because I think he just, you know, he just doesn't have the support in those circles. So I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't see how it would, would work out, but I would love to see it be true. Well, I say um, amen to that. You said you hope and pray. I say amen. Well, our time is up, but this has been a, a, a very um, valuable chat, your, your part of it. Thank you so much. And um, at least, you know, the more people are informed, I mean, that's the only thing we can hope for, the more people are informed about all of these things um, and not given propaganda by the mainstream media, the better chance there is for America to not go down the tubes. So thank you very much. Brad Johnson, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 